I'm Sean Swarner. And this is another one of our Hope Podcasts. Helping others persevere every day. So before we plunge into our topic of the week, I just want to paint a picture for everybody about 20 minutes ago of the conversation I had with Sean, because a lot of times we'll touch base and just uh, get on the same page as far as what we're going to be talking about today. And I call him up and he just seems to be a little bit off. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then it turns out that I had interrupted his altitude simulator session and he was coming off of like 22,000 feet when I called him and probably not the best time to try to put together some coherent sentences. So I hope you are in a much better place now than you were just a little while ago. Dude, much, much better. I've, I've been down at uh, regular altitude now for a while, but now that you brought that up, we, uh, we also have some video of you singing uh, some little Aretha Franklin we might uh, have to send out there. <laughs> And I wasn't even on the simulator, and I <laughs> broke out in the, in the Rita, which leads us right into our topic for today. Um, we thought, Sean and I thought, let's touch upon uh, the subject of respect and respect for of others and, and see where that leads us. And one of the things we've been doing that I've liked doing because it's helped kind of springboard us into conversation has been using a quote. And I found this quote, Sean, that I'll throw out there for for a guide for us to get us going. And the quote goes like this, respect for ourselves guides our morals, respect for others guides our manners. And I, I thought about that and I thought, man, that is so true. And respect is such an important word, especially in our culture today. And I think it's a word that we should unpack. And let's take a look at it and see what your perspective is on, on respect and what, and what my perspective is upon that word and see if we can't help somebody and their understanding of respect. But when I think of the word, I always think of, um, it, it actually catapults me back to when I was growing up because my mom and my dad drilled that word home to us. And a lot of it was respect your elders is what rings in my minds in my mind, and I think I've carried that on in my life. And um, I find that respect is, is a key component to any relationship, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, all good relationships are rooted in respect. And, and that, that's kind of my initial perspective on it and would love to get your thoughts on the word. Oh, absolutely, man. I, th I think respect is a huge word. And when, when I first hear it, the um, thinking of, of, of other people and what, what first pops to mind is fear. And, and not for the reason that you're probably thinking or anybody else is thinking, but a lot of people have fear over differences. Like if something's different, you know, they might be afraid of it and they don't necessarily respect it. And I think that's where the fear comes from. You know, it can be different cultures. It can be a different religion. It can be, you know, differences in, in color. It can be differences in just perspective on anything, you know, and I think it boils down to the fact that people are afraid of it because they don't understand it. And oftentimes you don't have to fully understand it. You just have to respect the differences. And, and the world is, I mean, imagine this, 
imagine the world was all clones of you. I mean, you're thinking, oh, that'd be an awesome world, but you would get bored talking to yourself over and over again, you know, and it would be, it would be very uninteresting. You know, when, when you have discussions with people, that's where different ideas come from. You know, when you talk to people who have different backgrounds, that's where you open your mind and you listen to where they came from. And you start to not necessarily, like I said, you don't necessarily understand it, but you just, you respect it. You know, the, the folks back in Africa, since that's, that's what I was training for, you know, the Kilimanjaro trip, when you called me, I was at 20 some thousand feet and I had no idea what was going on. You could have told me, hey, let's talk about hot sauces today. I'm like, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> You know, anything. But because I'm, I'm training for that, it reminded me of, of the cultures in Africa. They're, you know, two of the big ones. There's the Chugga tribe, and then there's the, uh, the Maasai. And they, they have completely different perspectives from, from people in the United States. You know, they dress differently. They look differently. They have the big hoops in their ears. You know, and if you look at the other people in, in different cultures, too, they have those really long necks. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way they were born. It's where they were born. It's luck of the draw of whatever happened. So even though people don't understand it, 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 it doesn't have to mean that you have to be afraid of it. Just respect the difference. So, Sean, that word fear is really interesting that you brought up. And I have found that to come into my world so many times, whether it's at work or at home or with family. And you ever notice that sometimes you get fearful of hurting someone's feelings and you overcook it, what you're going to think or say, or what you're going to say to them and you overcook the thinking part of it. And most times if you would just talk it through, it's so much better than, than uh, sitting there stewing in fear because you're so afraid of hurting his or her feelings because you have a difference in opinion. And, um, yeah, I think it goes back to nobody really can say what is right and what is wrong. But if you respect that difference of opinion and you lose your fear, then I, I think you're going to live a much happier life. Absolutely. I think, you know, when, when people do, when they are fearful, they're imparting their own judgment on something else. And I think when people look at it from the perspective of, of being non-judgmental, you know, like you said, there's, there's no right or wrong. There's no wrong right way of doing something. There's no wrong way of doing something. There's that old saying of, you know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, I don't know where that came from because it's a disgusting one, but <laughs> it's, it's one that works. You know, there are more, more than one ways to do that. You know, and, and perspectives from husbands, wives, people who work together, coworkers, anything. If you, if you approach a situation with an open mind and a non-judgmental personality, you might even learn something in the, in the process. But it does. It goes back to fear. And so many people are afraid of, um, like you said, what, the, what they might not, what might not happen, what might happen. You know, fear is a lot like, uh, or worry, we'll say. Worry is a lot like a, uh, a rocking chair. You know, it gives you something to do to pass the time, but it doesn't get you anywhere. You know, you can, you can sit on the front porch and just sit there and rock back and forth, but you're not accomplishing anything. And then when you start to fear something, you start thinking, okay, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And 99% of the time, what you're thinking, all those crazy ideas and you, the, whatever your brain imagines doesn't even happen. 
So most of the time, people just need to take a step back, take a deep breath, stop being so judgmental and let people live their own lives. You know, you can, you can impart your opinion, but that's all it is. You know, and there's another analogy about that and uh, a, a body part that, <laughs> that everybody has as well for opinions, but I'm not going to mention that one. But it is. If, if people are non-judgmental, I think it would make the world a much better place to live. Just respect those differences. You find it really... I, I have, and I'm going to see if it's crept into your world, too, with this pandemic. I think respect has to be at the core of those differing opinions, or else you're going to have division, even even amongst family, amongst relatives. You have to have some sort of core respect, or else it could lead you down a bad road. And it gets heightened when things are as dramatic as right now in our world. Absolutely. And, and when you start worrying about something, it makes somebody else worry more. And then you kind of feed off of that. And when one person starts to freak out, the other one starts to freak out. You know, I mean, a, a, a great example is I was coming down from uh, climbing Everest and we were standing in the, what's called the Kumbu Icefall, which is basically like a Manhattan and all the, the skyscrapers are like chunks of ice, so, but, but on a 45 degree angle and it's moving four feet a day. So it's all shifting and always moving. And um, you know what it sounds like when you have a glass of ice and you pour some water in there, that popping and snapping. Yeah. Imagine what it sounds like when you have a chunk of ice the size of a building or, you know, your house starts to snap and pop, you know, a really deep resonant sound. And uh, my friend of mine, we were standing on a, a chunk of ice, it's called a Serac, and there was a ladder in front of us. There was a lady going backwards, taking her time to the next level there, like the next platform. And we were standing on that chunk of ice and we could hear the snapping and popping and grinding. So like I said earlier, you kind of feed off of each other's energy. When one person gets nervous, the other person gets nervous. So his name was Kami, Kami Sherpa. And he started getting nervous, which made me more nervous, which made him more nervous, which made me more nervous. And he started chanting, Oh, Mare Pedmeho, which means hail to the jewel of the Lotus. Right? So obviously there's, there's differences in culture there. So again, I'm freaking out, which is freaking him out more. He's chanting, oh, Mare Pedmeho, and I'm thinking to myself, he believes in reincarnation. What the hell is he afraid of, right? <laughs> He's going to come back as a higher being. So he's chanting, oh, my ped me hell, freaking out. I'm going, our father who art in heaven, nearly crying. He gets down, I get down. And when we get down safe to the next level, everything we were standing on just literally disappeared into a crevasse. So I, I can look at back at that and see one of two things. One, it, fear could have paralyzed us and we could have died. Or we used that fear to motivate us to go faster, you know, to, to basically get the hell off that chunk of ice before we died. And I think, again, if, if you look at it from the right way, respect those differences, you're not going to have that fear. Because I, th I think those, I think they do go hand in hand. Yeah, I I'm in agreement with you. I, I actually thought of you a lot as I was contemplating this topic today because when you go on these expeditions and you have a group of many different personalities, I would imagine that respect has to be at the core of your expedition because if you lose respect for someone in that chain, then I think the chain is going to break on the ex expedition. So there's a, um, there's a movie that I love. It's one of my favorite movies. It's called uh, Remember the Titans. 
And there's a scene in there with Denzel Washington, who's the coach, and he takes the team out to practice at nighttime. And I'm going to paraphrase his line, but he says something like, I don't care if you like each other or not. You just have to respect each other. And when I thought about that line and I thought about that movie, I could draw a parallel to you and some of your expedition crews that you go out there with that you probably all don't like each other and you don't have to like each other, but boy, you better as heck respect each other or else you could really face some life or death situations. A absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me, while you were talking, a couple things popped in my mind. One was you're, you're right. That chain of respect needs to be there. And I've taken people up Kilimanjaro from all over the world and people have those, those different backgrounds. And there are people who, some people who honestly shouldn't be on the mountain and some people who deserve to be there as well because they put in the hard work. But the bottom line is everybody in the group has the same goal and they all want to reach the top. And the only way to do that is you, you can't fight against each other to make it happen. You have to have a, a cohesive team. You have to have a cohesive group working toward a common endpoint. You know, when we go up, we always say that uh, our, our number one goal, well, I was going to say our number one goal is to, to enjoy the trip, but our number one goal is to come back alive. You know, the number two goal is to enjoy the trip. And by enjoying the trip in each moment, the summit becomes a byproduct of having fun. You know, and, and another, another point um, that I thought of was on Denali, my second attempt up Denali, there are a couple of guys on our team that I haven't spoken to since then because of, of what I'm about to explain. Um, they were, I want to put this in a, the nicest way possible. They were very arrogant and self-serving. And at one point they said, you know, one of them said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take as, as much weight as I can. So that way, I, you know, so I don't have to worry about doing it tomorrow or whatever. And we were at a place called Windy Corner where rocks the size of, of bodies fall down every day. And if you're not careful and if you're not, if you can't move fast enough, if you have a rock that's the size of, you know, a 200 pound person rolling down at 50 miles an hour, it's going to take you out. So going around Windy Corner, you're supposed to have a light sled. And then you come back for your gear to pick it up and go up to the next camp because it's not safe. So I, I kept telling him this is why. He's like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And he, he was carrying probably twice as much weight as everybody else. And what happened was his sled got hit by a rock and it tumbled over, almost taking him down. And we're all roped up to one another. So because he started tumbling down, we started tumbling down. You know, so going back to you know, the, the quote that you said, you don't have to like one another, but you have to respect one another. And I think after that, the respect was there. But before that, and, and it's weird, sometimes it takes something life-threatening to help you see from a different perspective. And, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I should respect the fact that uh, you know, Sean's been up here a number of times. He knows what he's talking about. You know, and, and the same thing on, on Kilimanjaro. I tell people, look, you know, it's a democracy, but I make the final decision. You know, I've been up here. I know what's going on. I'll take your input, and I really appreciate it. However, I know what's going to keep us alive. Well, I think that can be said for most leaders, most business leaders as well, that if you're – or any team, for that matter, that you're leading, whether it's a volunteer group or a major Fortune 500 company, if the leader doesn't have the respect from all those who are underneath him or her, then 
I think the, the product is going to suffer or the end result is ultimately going to suffer. So that I think that's a true quality of leadership too. And I really like what you said there about taking control too. Like, Hey, I've done this before. Um, trust me when I tell you that there are certain things that you can and can't do on this mountain. And I'm saying this to protect you in the long run. And so those people on your trip, they're either going to respect you and listen to you, or they're going to take the arrogant approach that some of those other people do and get everybody into trouble. And that happens in life all the time. So I'm not saying that everybody's going to respect you and everybody's going to respect each other, but I think you should be carefully in tune to those that are and those that aren't so that you can quickly weed out those that aren't to make your team better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there, there's a reason why um, our success rate on Kilimanjaro is 98%. And the average success rate for everybody on the mountain, I mean, not just, you know, other groups, but every single group on the mountain, the average success rate is 48%. Like I said, we're at 98%. It's because we do things differently. And it's, it is, I think it comes down to the fact that we respect one another. And up in the mountains and in anywhere, people have different levels of ability. You know, people have different backgrounds where, where they've trained harder. You know, they've, they've trained less, whatever that might be. You know, there are some people who maybe they don't adjust to altitude as quickly. And some people who can't climb as fast as the other ones. So what we do is we always make sure that we have that. And I hate to say it, and I hope no one's listening to this who goes on our trip. We put the slowest person up front <laughs> to, to keep the rest of the group in pace with that person. And if, if people are, are behind that person, full knowing, hey, this person's really struggling, they're the slowest, group, the slowest person in the group, they'll think to themselves, you know, I, I, I wanna quit, I'm exhausted. And then they look up there and they see, you know, somebody who's, who's I don't wanna say less than them, but um, maybe who's struggling more than them. And they think, well, if that person's continuing on, I, I, I can do it too. So I think if, if you do things in, in a strategic way, it really helps the group and it helps the group bond when you have a common purpose. Yeah. And there's an ecosystem obviously that's in place for your trips. So you do that with a purpose and duly noted that when I do go on your Kilimanjaro, <laughs> probably will be that first person in line and I won't take it personally, but I'll, I'll try to keep up the pace. Well, we we also have a, um, a music list that we listen to, so I'll make sure that we play Respect for you. All right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> That's right. I'll give you a little bit because you threw me under the bus earlier before <laughs> recording, but Rita, um, what else do you want to talk about today? Anything else on your mind with regard to... I, th I think that's, I mean, that's pretty good. You know, I, I was, when you, when you first told me about respect, I was thinking about how, how fortunate and blessed I've been. And I've, I've been to about 70 countries and, and I've seen, I, I've studied numerous, numerous different religions, numerous, different, numerous cultures. And when it all, it all comes down to, you're right, respect. And, and if people, well, I think one of the ways that, you know, looking at it from a corporate standpoint, because you brought that up earlier, and I know that you're, you're phenomenal at what you do. And I think it's because 
the, those companies who fail, those people who fail, the teams who fail, it's because they have somebody with a giant ego because they think, oh, it's my way or no way. But you have to realize that, you know, oftentimes we're all the teacher and we're all the student. Some people have different, different ways of, of, of doing things. It might be a little bit better. It might not be. It's just different. You know, so I think once you get your ego out of the way and you respect one another, you, you can develop a more powerful team moving forward. Because that way you move, every cog is in place, every cog is oiled, and the whole machine moves forward together. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let's give a few takeaways here. Uh, one that I came up with just as you were talking there is an open mind. If you're going to be respectful to someone, you're going to have to keep an open mind. Because if you keep a narrow passageway as far as your thought process goes, then you're never going to be able to look wide and think differently. So that would be one, my, one of my um, top points to, to take away today with regard to this topic is um, respect others with an open mind. As, as you're talking, um, I was thinking that uh, you, you don't know what other people are going through. You know, let's, let's use um, an, an example of, let's just say you're, you're in line at the grocery store and the person in front of you is fumbling with, with money, your credit cards, whatever, the cell phone's going off, the person's on the phone talking to somebody else, and you're thinking, oh, for crying out loud, just pay and get out of my way. You know, that happens all the time, but you don't know what that person's going through. So I think if, if one, one major takeaway that people could do and, and use is obviously take a deep breath and then because you don't know what that person is going through, just think to yourself, just like me, like that person in front of you is just like me. They have bad days. They have good days. You don't know what they're going through. We're all more similar than we are different. So if you take a breath and no matter what's going on with any individual, that, that person could be you. So just take a deep breath and think or say out, out loud to yourself, just like me. Yeah, that's great, Sean. I always like to say default to kindness. So yeah. if someone cuts you off when you're out in the road, your first reaction is to lay on the horn. But if you take the other option and just let that person go, a lot of times your blood pressure is going to stay way down. It's going to be okay. Getting all riled up over something like that just isn't worth, worth it. And the, the example you gave in the grocery store, why, why be mean to that person? They, what good is that going to do anybody? Um, you know, default to kindness, and most times I think you're going to come away from a situation feeling better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think those are some great takeaways. All right. Well, as always, I can keep chatting with you about these topics, but we'll save one for another day. Um, I appreciate your friendship. I'm grateful for your time. And until next week, I'm Tom Farrell. Don't let him lie to you. He's Aretha Franklin. I'm Sean Swarner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your dose of hope for today. <laughs>